Well, I'm happy to welcome you to Christ's Journey this Christmas Eve. My name is Bill. If we haven't met yet, I have the privilege of serving as senior pastor here at the Christ's Journey family. And to all of those that are joining us through church online across the nation or around the world, we welcome you to our experience and we pray God's blessing for you wherever you are. And especially to those of you who maybe this is your very first time to be with us as one of our guests. Thank you. Thank you for accepting the invitation from somebody who cares about you. And, um, and please know, uh, you honor us with your presence, and we have been inviting God's blessing to find you today. And we pray that maybe you'll find some surprises by being with us in this place today. Speaking of surprises, I mean, Christmas is full of surprises, right? Like this, this tie is a, su- a surprise early Christmas gift from my wife. And so you're wondering, why do I wear a tie? Because I, haven't, I can't remember the last time I wore a tie. But here you go, honey. And I, I thought, there's your, your Christmas tie. Um, Christmas is full of surprises. And when, when we enter the story, one of the th- things that I want to focus on tonight, uh, today, for tonight's sake, is um, the birth of Jesus as a story of glory. That's the surprise that from the realms of glory, one of the old Christmas carols said, angels from the realms of glory start showing up in personal encounters and making house calls. Angels in the Bible are spirit beings who exist in the presence of Almighty God. They dwell in the glory of God. And in the Christmas story, you're reading along, you start seeing that an angel starts making personal house calls, introducing the angel by name. That doesn't happen very much in the Bible. I'm telling you, I read the Bible a lot. And I can tell you that there's not an angel on every page. And there's not an angel in every story. And you're reading along, reading along, reading along, and suddenly you've got all these angels showing up in the story. Something is happening. It speaks of glory. Those that are in the glorious presence of God are now hovering close. We're supposed to, like you're supposed to say, what's going on here? And in Luke's gospel, he starts with several stories of glory that involve angels. One of them was from Zechariah. By the way, if you're wondering, where did we get these stories? Luke tells us at the very beginning of his gospel that he did personal research interviewing people that were eyewitnesses to the stories before he wrote them down. So what we're reading, what we're remembering today in these surprises are stories that the people who experienced them told Dr. Luke that he wrote down for us. The first one was Zechariah, senior adult priest. He's serving in the temple in the holy place. Actually, the holy place is just outside the holiest of holies, and angel Gabriel introduces himself by name, speaks in an audible voice, and tells Zechariah that his wife Elizabeth, who is way past childbearing years, is going to have a son to prepare the way and then call the people to get ready for Messiah when he comes. There's the first story, the first angel story. Then Mary's next in line. We sing songs about Mary. We know about Mary more than we know about Zechariah. But the same angel goes to Mary and invites her into God's ability to do the impossible. He tells her, nothing is impossible with God. And, um, and he says this to her. She will be with child and give birth to a son in his name. You will name him Jesus, even though she's a virgin. And so she says in response, she says, may your word 
to me be fulfilled in me. And then she says, my soul glorifies the Lord. There's that word, glory. Glory again. The story of Jesus' birth is a story of glory coming near. And so glory has paid her a visit. And so she responds by welcoming and aligning her life to the word of God. We're supposed to pick something up there. Like when glory pays you a visit, you ever sense that your name is being called, whether in an audible voice or a spirit reality, then the best thing to do is say, like Mary did, I'm, I'm listening, I'm willing, Lord. May your word become true for me. And then Matthew's gospel, we flip over to Matthew's gospel, the early part, we get to meet her fiance, Joseph, who has not been involved in any of the backstory to this point in time, and he discovers, he, he sees that Mary is expecting, and if there's one thing he knows, it's not from him. He knows this for sure, and it troubles him. And uh, he's alarmed. He's just thinking about calling the whole thing off, in fact. Just going to undo the engagement. Matthew 1.20 says that an angel of the Lord appears to him and says, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what's conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And so Joseph follows God's direction through the angel, takes Mary home to be his wife, but not to his bed until after Jesus is born. And then we learn it's not the last time that Joseph has an angel as his GPS. Two more times in Matthew, he has a sensitivity to an angelic presence and guidance that's going to affect his family life. And two more times, Jesus treats it like E.F. Hutton. You know, when an angel speaks, Joseph listens. And then what we see is like prophet Isaiah predicted eight, in the eight centuries before Christ that the glory of the Lord is revealed. That was Handel's inspiration for the Messiah, the glory of the Lord, the glory. It's a glory story, and all of the people will see it together. And then the shepherds are next in the story. Now, if you have a nativity at home, I bet it has some shepherds, right? Every nativity scene's got some shepherds and some sheep and and the shepherds are next. Now, the shepherds in this story are nomads. They're Bedouins. What does that mean? They're not just like security guards for the flock. They're not showing up for the night shift. They live there. They live with their sheep all the time. They are with their sheep in the fields. And then the scripture says that to, to them, an angel appeared to them. And the glory, there's that word again. This is a story of a visit of glory and the angel visit and the Lord shone around them, the glory shone around them. They were terrified. Now, you notice something. When angels show up, maybe the first thing they usually say is, now calm down. <laughs> you know, it's like, don't be afraid. Why? I guess it's kind of scary. They're like, what's happening here? And he says, don't be afraid because I'm bringing you good news. Good news of great joy which shall be for all people. You'll never look at a person in your whole life that this message isn't for. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, these Bedouins, Christ the Lord. And then suddenly, the eyewitness story tells us that the sky was like bright with this dazzling angel light, and this choir of angels burst through, just materializes before their eyes. This is like before special effects, you know? 
and says what? Glory to God. In fact, let's say this together. Those of you watching at home too, let's, let's say this together. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom God's favor rests. God's favor is paying a visit. This is a story of glory. Now, a little later comes another story about an elder, Simeon, who's a man of faith. He's a patriot. And God has promised him that he will not die until he lays eyes on the Lord's Christ. And he sees Mary and Joseph, and they're bringing baby Jesus to the temple. And he takes Jesus in, baby Jesus in his arms, and, and he says, now I can die in peace. Because my eyes, there's the eyewitness account, my eyes have seen your salvation, a light of revelation for the Gentiles, that's all non-Jews. If you're not a Jew, that's for you. And then he says, and for the glory of your people, Israel. In other words, nobody's left out of this. Glory. And by the way, we're learning here, if you want to be ready to die, then the best way to do it is by putting your eyes on Jesus, God's Christ, and embracing him because that's where the peace comes from for when we exit this life into the next life. Look at Jesus the, and enter the glory of God's story. Now, in our series, we've already unwrapped several surprise gifts from God. We've seen increased mass. <laughs> we've experienced mass hope, mass joy, mass peace in this message series, and today we come to Moss Glory. All through the story, we see the word glory, but what does it mean? What does it mean? Why does it matter? And how can it help you? I mean, bottom line, how could it help you impact your life today, this Christmas, in whatever it is that you're facing? Well, in the Bible, when the Bible speaks of glory and of God, glory refers to God in his being, in his substance, in his essence, in his essential character, the gravitas, the splendor, the honor, the praiseworthiness, the excelsis deo, the most high, holy, high. And so we were singing about that just a moment ago. It speaks of God's dignity and of his, of his intrinsic worth of God's majestic brilliance, the essence of God's being and character. Now, bring all of that into this word that we're introduced to, Emmanuel. El is from Elohim, the almighty God. And now, almighty is now the with us God. God's glory is breaking through to meet human need with divine remedy. That's the context for the story of Christmas. God's presence will now treat our loneliness. God's forgiveness will replace our guilt and our shame. And God's love is going to breathe new value and worth into every one of us, our soul longings, where we want to matter. We want to have meaning. We want to have purpose. You know, the Christmas song, Oh Holy Night, has a line in it that my youngest daughter just loves. It's the line that says, till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. That's what this is about. Glory is kind of what we mean when we say clout. 
in our culture, in our day, uh, it, it's like weigh in. When God weighs in, he's bringing his glory. He, he shows up with his clout. The Bible calls it glory. Christmas glory is about almighty God weighing in and, and bringing his clout. We talk in, in our world about brand clout. So you have a favorite brand. Why? Well, probably because you understand its quality. You know what went into it, what's behind it. Maybe you've experienced the track record of its proven success. And so all of that clout comes with that brand. And what God is doing in Christmas glory is bringing his glory, his trustworthy clout into our experience so that we can get with him in it. And he doesn't just send it. He, he brings it himself in the story in the most breathtaking way imaginable as a full-term newborn baby human boy. Now, I asked if we could, this is Ethan Martin. He is our newest newborn baby boy in the Christ Journey family, born to James Martin and Alisa, wife, and then big brother Adrian here. So we're celebrating with them today. I know they're watching online. We love you guys. We're praying for you. But I asked him if I could use this picture because you know what Christmas says? God showed up like that. I mean, that's what the story inviting us into the glory is about, a newborn. You know the phrase, no guts, no glory? Maybe you've used it. Maybe you've heard it. What we can say the Christmas story is about is God's courage taking a gigantic risk, a God who literally has guts. And he shows up 100% human, taking on mortal risk. Now, why would he reveal his glory like that? And the story's answer is he did it for love, for love of you. He was thinking about you. He does it because he lo- God is love and God loves you and he wants you to know that he loves you. Why would he reveal his, he came for love. He came for love of sinners, people who make mistakes, people who know about flaws and failure, those that we do and others do on us. And God says, that's not gonna have the last word in this story. Christ comes to everyone, everywhere, and we hear it in the story. Whether you're a priest who goes to the temple all the time, and it's like what you do, it's your thing, or whether you're a teenager that has an unexpected visit, or maybe you're a single adult, or a senior adult, or a single man, or a single woman, he comes for the homeless people who are living outdoors, He comes for the pagan astrologers. He comes for the illiterate who don't know how to write their own name. And he comes for the highly educated elite that are sophisticated in global affairs. He came for you. This is the story's glory that Almighty God came for you. Why? So that you could enter the glory of his story and live on another level. So let me just call a time out there and say, you know, if, if God is real, and if he loves you, and if he came like that because he wants to be with you, would you be willing, would you be willing to listen? 
then you can do that right now. You can just tell him right now, I'm open, Lord. I mean, if you're still speaking, if you're still alive, if, if you know me and you want me to be with you, then I'm, I'm willing. Speak, I'm listening. Now, what would he tell you? Well, maybe he would tell you what they said the first time around that they visited. Like, what was that? Well, the angel told in Matthew chapter one, he said that God's presence has come to be with you. They will call him Emmanuel, God with us. Now, why does that matter? Well, maybe you saw the U.S. Surgeon General's report on uh, sounding the alarm on the devastating impact of loneliness and isolation in our culture right now in this nation, the devastating impact that it's having. 82-page report about the epidemic of loneliness and of isolation that we're suffering And it said this, the lack of social connection, that's how they define loneliness, this lack of social connection can increase your risk for premature death to levels comparable with smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Health risk, medical risk, the consequences of poor connection emotionally and relationally in your life, we would say spiritually in your life, increased heart disease, 29% risk of heart disease. 32% increased risk of stroke. 50% increased risk of dementia for older adults. It's like loneliness, according to the Surgeon General, is about the quality of your connections in life, the quality of your emotional, relational, personal connections in life. The report says this, that people are spending in America less time connected than we have in two decades Two decades ago, and especially young people, 15 to 24-year-olds, 70% less time connected in interactions with their friends. And then it goes on to explain that technology and what is called social media are producing some very antisocial damage in our lives. And one of the remedies they suggest at the end of the report is this, cultivate a culture of connection. That just means go places where relationships matter, which means going to church can be really good for you, (laughs) right? Like coming, accepting an invitation from a friend who cares about you and showing up at Christmas Eve at Christ's journey, this is like really good for your health. You're welcome. You're welcome. We're happy to be a part of your well-being. That's That's what this is telling us. That And the Christmas story tells us that God believes your primary connection is a spiritual one that then flows into your emotion and into your relationships and into your soul. That's what this is about. God has come to be with you. And God wants to be with you. Yes, you. He wants to be close to you and, uh, and bring you his glory. John's gospel opens with this. He says, the word became flesh, dwelt among us, and we beheld his what? There it is. He's trying to say, I would like to show you something you haven't seen yet. And John says, so we then we saw it with our eyes. We felt it with our hands. You know, we, we were there. We, we wrote what our experience was. This is what Christmas is about. The word revealing his glory in Jesus Christ. The man, the miracles, the message, the spiritual reality, giving each one of us to just gather around his presence and be warmed by the fire and light that he brings to our world. So the question is, are you willing? 
If that's true, if it could happen, if God could call you out in a way you would understand, would you answer, would you be willing? Then you can say right now, you can say, God, I would. I mean, I haven't been to church. I don't know about this religious stuff, but if that's true, if you would be willing to be with me, then I would be willing for you to make the journey of life with me. That's what Christ's journey means, is let the God who wants to be with you be your Emmanuel, and let him bring his almighty strength to be your redeemer. The scripture tells us that God has come with, to be with us in Christ so that through Christ we might go to be with him forever. And that's a Christmas gift of glory. Then another thing the angel said, maybe he'd say it to you, is that God has come not only to be present with you, but to offer forgiveness for you, forgiveness to you, that he came to forgive your sins, that, that, what does that mean? It means to get you unstuck from your past or from a place of brokenness and fallenness that has kind of entangled you and holds you back. He, he wants to see you be free. And so the angel said this, Matthew 1, give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. He wants to free us up. He doesn't say, now clean your act up and then get back to me. He said, no, I'm coming so that your sins can be transferred to me. Prophet Micah said 700 years B.C., before Christ came, he said this, speaking on behalf of to God, you will have mercy on us again. You will conquer our sins. You will throw away all our sins into the deepest part of the sea. Now, Corey Ten Boom, survivor of Nazi concentration camp, came across this verse, and she said, you know what God does? He takes all of your sins, all of our sins, past, present, and future, dumps them into the sea, and then puts a sign up that says, no fishing allowed. He's removing them from us. What, what, that habit that has you stuck, and you can't get unstuck. That haunting memory of what you did that you don't wanna talk about or think about or even remember but it just doesn't seem to go away. The things that other people did that hurt you and they're still hurting you and you're just trying to stay away from them. Zachariah's son, when the angel came to Zachariah and said, you're gonna have, Elizabeth's gonna have a son, when that little boy grew up, you know who that was? John the Baptist. And when the grown Jesus shows up, John the Baptist says, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Bill's world, your world. He comes to be our savior, your savior, my savior, which raises this question, have you given him your sins? Because that's part of the Christmas glory story. You can, you can do it right now. You can say, Lord, I got baggage in my life. I got pain, I got hurts, I got habits. I, 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 I release them to you. If you're not waiting for me to get my act together and you just want them, then here they are. I'm willing for you to take them. I release them to you and I receive your forgiveness by grace. I trust you. And then you know what the angel would tell you? that the reason God has come is because he loves you, that God's presence has come to be with you, that God's forgiveness is now being offered for you, and it's because God is bringing his love to you to restore your value. 
so much in this world attacking our, our self-esteem, our identity, our self-respect. And yet here, God, God is wanting to say, you matter to me. You have eternal value in God's life, eternal worth. So Jesus being born human, theologians say, it shows us that human beings matter. That you have value, that you are of inestimable worth not only in time, but in eternity from the heart of God. That, and so it, it, this is really the message of Christmas is trying to say, you know, it matters to God for you to know that you matter to God. It matter, let me say that again. It matters to God for you to know that you matter to God. That's why the angel choir breaks into this huge song with this dazzling brilliance. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to all receiving his favor. God is bestowing favor on the entire human race. Not just to Mary, to every teenager, to every single, to every expectant mother, to every man who's ever been afraid to commit, to every homeless person, to every sophisticated seeker, to every Bible student and Bible scholar and those who've never read a Bible, to every senior adult, rich and poor, male and female, the educated elite, the illiterate who can't even write their own name, the patriot who cares about the nature, the future of his nation, and those coming from other nations following that star because it's taking them to a new future. Christmas glory is for those for whom keeping the law matters and is also for those who really just have to have their next meal. It's for foreigners, it's for commoners, it's for those men who want to do the right thing but don't always know how. The scripture says that's what Quandic Joseph was in. He wants to do the right thing. He's just not sure how to do it. It's for married and unmarried alike. It's for widows. It's for widowers. It's for those who haven't been home in a very, very long time, and it's for those who've never left home. They're all touched on in the story. Christmas glory is for anyone and everyone who has ever been rejected or who has felt minimized or who has felt overlooked or who has felt invisible. We're lighting this candle. I'm lighting this candle. This is the glory candle right now. And Paul, in his letter to Colossians, says, God, in Jesus Christ, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles, that's the non-Jews, all the world's people, the glorious riches of the mysteries, in, which is Christ in you. Not glory out there, but God's glory coming right here. Have you ever welcomed the presence of God's glory to come inside of you? I'm reminding of a song that was a prayer I learned years ago. It says, it speaks to the deep glory of God. Oh God of the stars, the sun, and the moon. Oh God of the wind and the sea. Though you're everywhere, how amazing it is that you could be here with me. The uncharted craters of planets beyond, you know like the palm of your hand, and yet you're concerned with my little world. Please help me to understand. I know that miracles happen to people like me. The moment we dare to believe, 
For we are the objects of God's mighty love, love greater than our little minds can conceive. The stars could collide, the sun could grow dim, the whole universe pass away, but nothing can change the promise he made. And Christ in my heart will stay. Christ in you is your hope of glory. Have you invited Christ to your heart? Have you experienced the mass glory which Christmas offers? How can you? Well, the story gives us a few clues. The first one is, and maybe this is for you, investigate it. If this all sounds new to you, like you haven't heard it before, or it's like, whoa, I didn't, is that what that all means? Okay, well then investigate it. Do what the wise men did. Do what the shepherds did. Go check it out. Don't just swallow it whole, but engage your mind, investigate it, and follow it, and see where it leads. And then make your own decision, right? That's the first step investigate it. And you can do that with us come January. Got a brand new series coming up. Just bring your questions, bring your doubts. Let's explore together. Second thing, you can believe it. Like Zechariah did, like Mary did, like Joseph did. That's how the story entered. They entered the glory of the story because they trusted it to be true. And when God said, do you want in? They said, yes, I do. And they're not the only ones. People from every walk of life all over the world are celebrating this very reality, this very moment. They're doing it. Speaking of that, I read this last week that two-thirds of the NFL pro quarterbacks right now profess faith in Christ. Two-thirds of the quarterbacks of the National Football League are professing believers in Christ. There's a reason Tua wears that eye black. You can read about it later, but it's about his faith in Christ. I got a notice, I guess, in the last month, this uh, testimony of rocker Alice Cooper saying that he's following Jesus now. Lecrae doing the same thing. Lecrae was with, then went away from God, lived rebelliously, self-indulgently, and now he says, man, I, I'm back with God. E, Liam Neeson, Schindler's List guy, action movie star. I get this announcement to download this app that he is saying about the difference prayer has made in his life. The number one prayer app in the world. And he's inviting us not just to talk to the universe. He said, get to, let's, he's inviting us through prayer to get to know the God who made the universe. That's the Christmas story, inviting you into glory. Christmas, the more that Jesus can bring to your life. More hope, more peace, more joy, more glory. Is this the year for you to have more? Then let's pray together, shall we? Gracious Lord, we thank you for the gift of Christmas. And we need your help to understand it. We just don't think like this. We don't, we don't know how to em embrace it. It's so huge. It's so beyond but we pray, Holy Spirit, that you will open our understanding so that we can embrace the gift, we can receive the gift that you have given us in your Son through the miracle of Christmas. Brother, sister, you've walked with the Lord for a while. Would you refresh and renew your faith right now? And friend, maybe today is the day that the Spirit would be inviting you to take your step of faith, to trust Jesus as your Savior, 
And if you believe this could be that moment, I'm gonna offer a prayer. You can join me in it. Lord Jesus, thank you for coming as God to be with us, to be with me. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins, for rising from the dead, to conquer death and pay my debt. Forgive my sins, come into my life, and now lead me, be with me, walk with me in my life journey as my Savior. In your name I pray. Now our heads still bowed just for a moment, but if you prayed that prayer with me and would let me ask God's blessing upon your next steps of faith, then I'd like for you simply to raise your hand and keep it up for a moment so that I can look across the room. If you're joining us online and you prayed with me just then, would you just enter it into the chat? Bill, I just, I just prayed with Bill and let us join you in prayer there. Okay, to my left, all the way to the back of the room and then right here toward the front, God bless you. God bless you, amen. And then right here in the middle toward the, the fourth row and on the second row, God bless you. Thank you so much. Anybody else? Amen. Amen. To my right, in the center, over to the wall, God bless you. Thank you. And toward the back, amen. The reason I'm calling out what I see is so that our family can pray with you for what God is doing in you because he wants you to know and us to know that we're here for you. Lord Jesus, for every person who by uplifted hand has just said, I'm open would you let them feel your, the joy of your salvation, the peace that passes understanding as they enter into the glory of your story now for the days ahead. In your name we pray, amen.